welcome to The Climate Realist. Here, we'll talk about realistic and achievable things you can do to help with climate change. Personally, I believe that the Earth's climate is changing in a major way and that most of it is human-caused. If you are skeptical, please listen anyway. I respect your point of view, and this podcast may help you to understand what all the fuss is about. At the very least, you'll hear a lot of ways to save money. This week, we're going to talk about e-bikes or electric bikes. Now, certainly buying and using any bicycle as a replacement for your vehicle and transportation needs is going to contribute to your own share of solving the climate problem. Then, just in time to help us, along came e-bikes. These electric bikes come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, but for the most part, there's three classes. The Class 1 e-bikes are pedal bikes that are limited to 500 watts and roughly 30 kilometers an hour. Class 2 e-bikes are just like Class 1, except that they have a throttle. Both Class 1 and 2 e-bikes often have hub motors in their wheels, although some have centrally mounted motors. Class 3 e-bikes are more powerful and expensive and are speed limited to roughly 50 kilometers an hour. There's also electric mopeds and electric motorcycles, which are a completely different subject. I'll do a future episode on these. For many years now, the bicycle lobby has been active in many places. This has resulted in bicycle lanes and even entire streets being dedicated to bikes. This was before e-bikes or electric-assisted bikes were available. These cyclists were quite fit and committed to cycling and stereotypically would be wearing Lycra or spandex shorts. Often, they'd have an aversion to stopping at intersections because their shoes are clipped into the pedals. So far, so good. Unfortunately, some governments and bureaucrats take the definition of bicycle a little too literally. There are trails in BC that ban various classes of e-bikes, mostly arbitrarily. If there are to be rules about e-bikes on trails, they should allow all classes of e-bikes and focus on speed limits and consider it riding. I have nothing against regular bicycles and have ridden them since I was a child. If you use a regular bike to commute to your work or local errands, congratulations, you've already been helping the climate. But for the rest of us, cycling around is somewhat impractical because hills and physical fitness do get in the way, and we can't go 20 or 30 kilometers the same way that super fit cyclists can. E-bikes are for the rest of us. Pure bicycles, particularly in hilly areas, are for a very limited demographic. Next, you have to look at whether you're actually going to use the bike for transportation and not just exercise. If you're only going to use it for exercise, that's great, but it doesn't help the climate. The way it can really help is using it for transportation instead of a car or even instead of transit. So what kind of bike should I get? What kind depends on where you live and what the hills are like in your town. If you live in a place that's nice and flat, like the Netherlands, using a standard bicycle, not even an e-bike, is very practical. And most Dutch people will tell you that bicycles are a large part of everyday life for them and the people they know. But if you live in a place that's hilly, it becomes a whole different thing. The town where I live is on a hillside. It's about 15 kilometers long and maybe 5 kilometers wide. 
This means going up some really steep hills, which would be taxing for even the most experienced cyclists. We have streets in my town that are steeper than any part of the Tour de France. Cycling up these is simply not possible for the vast majority of people that live here. And then along came e-bikes. And now I see people that are 60 years old or more riding around on e-bikes and going up hills and exploring places that were simply impossible for them to even think about bicycling to. Sure, they could walk there, but walking is much less efficient than bicycling. Let's take my trip to a local pharmacy as an example. It's about four kilometers away and down the main street where the speed limit is 30 kilometers an hour along the lake. It's a nice scenic drive, but an even more scenic bike ride. On a regular bicycle, I would have to work really hard to maintain 30 kilometers an hour, especially if there was a headwind. With an e-bike, I can effortlessly go 30 or even slightly more and keep up with the traffic. I can get to where I'm going without even breathing hard. So it becomes a practical form of transportation and I can dial up the exercise factor as much or as little as I want. If I have the bike on zero assist, then it's just like a regular bike. If I have it on assist level three, then with a bit of effort, I can go along at the speed limit and keep pace with the cars. If I put it in level five, I can effortlessly go 30 kilometers an hour. And if I use the throttle, I can do it without even pedaling. It all depends on the context. Since I was going to the pharmacy, I didn't want to be out of breath and sweating when I got there. So I put it on level three and got there just as fast as I would have driving a vehicle. I was able to park right outside and lock the bike to a tree and didn't even have to find a parking spot. Okay, you see, that's great for flatlanders, but what happens if you live up the hill? I took a ride the other day up some notoriously steep and long hills and simply put the e-bike into level five assist. By gearing down to the lowest, I could go up the hill at maybe 10 or 15 kilometers an hour, but without working super hard. You take a few breaks and you can get to the top fairly easily. The best part though was coming back down the hill. Instead of going down the road with the traffic, I veered off and went down some of the numerous trails to the forest that we have in our town. This makes it both a bike ride and an adventure through the forest. On trails, if you want to slow down or walk if the terrain is too rough, then all you have to do is get off the bike and use the magic throttle on it to help push the bike along. You can lean on it a bit, which actually helps the traction. Walking the bike even up hills becomes not really any harder than walking up it yourself. So why don't I just walk instead of taking a bike? I have two feet and I'm pretty sure I had them my whole life and they work pretty well. well the answer is speed and efficiency. Walking eight kilometers to the pharmacy and back would be quite a long walk and would take an hour and a half at least. By going on an e-bike, I can go on the city streets or side streets and keep up with the traffic and be there in just a few minutes. Bicycles are much more efficient than walking. And people have known this since the invention of the bicycle. That's why they became so popular in the late 1800s. Oh, they probably used a horse and carriage, you say. Well, those were very expensive things. And for the most part, regular people were lucky to have their own feet and lucky to have shoes on them, much less a horse and buggy. And then along came bicycles. Suddenly, with the same amount of effort, people could go from one town to the next in an hour or so 
when previously it would have been most of a day journey. So bicycles became super popular and remain so to this day. Did you know that Orville and Wilbur Wright, who had the first manned aircraft flight, were actually bicycle mechanics? If you're going to buy an electric bike, please consider buying it from your local bike shop. Certainly you can buy them online or in big box stores, but then you might have to assemble them and where would you take it for service? These bikes aren't super complex, but they require at least as much maintenance as regular bicycles. Supporting your local bike store is always a good idea. When considering an e-bike, at least a class two is a good idea. The throttle helps with walking up hills and with acceleration. If your town is very hilly, or if you're a senior or even not so senior, but not in the greatest physical condition, then a class three bike may be a good investment. You want something that can go up the steepest hills in your area without overexerting yourself. When shopping for a bike at your local bike shop, keep in mind that the people that work in these places are often cycling enthusiasts. It might be a good idea to ask the store what they would buy for their own mother or father or grandparents than what they would recommend for themselves or even you. Remember, this is about transportation, not just exercise. Fancy rear suspensions, fat tires, or racing style bikes are probably not what you need for daily transportation. Ask at the bike shop how to put the bike in class one mode, which may be required for some trails. On my bike, this involves unplugging the throttle cable. A front suspension and a good padded seat will make the ride much more pleasant. Also, make sure the bike has disc brakes. These things go pretty fast, so the old style rubber brakes on the rim is not gonna be good enough to stop quickly. And always wear a helmet when you're on a bicycle. Falling and hitting your head can have life-changing consequences. So e-bike and stay safe. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Climate Realist.